Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity we have to come forth and worship in this place that you have provided. Thank you so much for your Son who came and gave his life on the cross so that the will of the Father would be made known to all mankind. That we should worship his Son whom he sent. The only sacrifice that would be enough. The only sacrifice that was acceptable to the Lord. And I thank you for this time, Lord, that we have to gather and worship you. I pray that we shall be, that we would be salt of the earth and that others may turn to you and glorify you as we worship you and praise you in this place. Thank you so much, Lord Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Mark 4. We're in Mark 4 again. And he began again to teach by the seaside. And there was gathered unto him a great multitude, so that he entered into a ship and sat in the sea. And the whole multitude was by the sea on the land. So why do you think that Jesus was on the boat on the sea? He wasn't far into the sea, but he was close to the shore. But he had to go into the boat, because when you go into the boat, what happens? You're standing on the boat. So when you have a multitude of people, a lot of people coming to see you, then everybody can see you, can't you? You can see Jesus. And also, you can hear Jesus. Because now he's higher and he's speaking and you can hear him. And when he began to speak, they listened to him. And he taught them many things by parables. You know what parables are? They're like examples, like stories. Stories that, yeah, stories that tell other people about what Jesus is trying to say. He was lying on the boat, yes, and I will get to that soon. And he taught them many things in parable. He said in his doctrine, he said, Hearken. You know what Hearken means? He means it's almost like, listen to me. It's almost like, listen, pay attention. Behold, there went out a sower to sow. You know what's a sower? When you have seeds on the, in your hand and you want to plant something, when Daddy, was a when Daddy was in school, what we used to do is we mix seeds with sand. And then we grabbed them with our hands and we tossed them on the ground like that. When we planted corn, we would just spread everything on the ground. Some plants you have to dig up and plant it in, but some you just sow it like that. And then you would get a rake and you would rake everything. And then the, the, the corn would grow. And... Behold, they went a sow out to sow, uh, and Jesus said that to get their attention. And it came to pass as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. So when the sower was sowing, some of the seeds fell on the sides. And then the birds of the air came and they ate the seeds. So when the seeds are exposed when they're not planted in the ground or when they don't go into the ground. Even though when it rains, it doesn't go into the ground, the birds come and eat it. And then some of the seeds fell on stony ground where it had not much earth. So sometimes when there's a lot of stone and the seeds fall on the stones, they fall into the holes between the stones and there's a little bit of earth there, isn't it? So when there's a little bit of earth and there's a little bit of water, it grows. The plant, the seed grows. 
So it grows into a plant. But because there's not much earth, there's not much soil. Because there's no the roots go into the soil, but there's not much soil. So if there's not much soil, then if it's hot, there's not much water, is there? Because where's the water? Under the ground, in the soil, that's right. So the roots of the seeds have no depth and they spring up prematurely because they think that they're matured. But then when the sun comes out, it dries the, the seedlings very quickly because they can't get water from shallow soil. And then some fell among thorns. And, some, and the thorns grew up and choked it and ye it yielded no fruit. So some fell on ground, ground where it would grow, but in the ground there was other things like thorns, like other plants, there, like weeds. You know, some of the weeds, they're very thorny, like when you touch them, they, they hurt. Yeah, those are thorns. And what happens is these plants, these thorns, they're not beneficial. They don't help us in any way. And they take all the good stuff that's meant for our vegetables. And that's why mummy weeds the garden. Isn't it? That's why we weed the garden. That's why we take away those things because we want all those things to go into our vegetables. And then our vegetables, we eat. And then the others fell on good ground. So the ground was good. The ground was prepared. You know, when we plant vegetables, we hold the ground and then we make sure the soil is aerated and then we plant the seeds in the, in the ground, don't we? Or we plant the seedlings in the ground. And so what happens is it grows. It grows. Some fruits, some grow a few fruits, some grow a lot of fruit. And then Jesus said to them, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. When the Lord, when God, when Jesus wanted His listeners to think about what He said, He would say, he who hath ears, let him hear. There were other people that were with the disciples and Jesus. And they wanted to know more about the parable. So they asked questions about the parable later on. And then Jesus said to them, Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. You know what's a mystery? Like sometimes when I tell you a story, you ask me, what does that mean? So that's a mystery to you because you don't yet know what it means. But you have someone to come to. You can either come to me or you can go to mummy and you can ask her what it means. You can ask Jesus what it means, pray to him. And yes, and what he said here is that seeing they might see, some people, because they are not within that group, they are not there, but they are outside. They are outside of that group that Jesus is telling this parable to. They may hear, they may see, but they don't understand. They don't understand. Lest that at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. You know, who doesn't want them to be converted to believe in Jesus? Who doesn't want people to be converted and believe in Jesus? There is somebody who doesn't want people to be to believe in Jesus. Who do you think doesn't want people to believe in Jesus? Yeah. Well, the enemy or Satan or children of Satan. 
They don't want to believe in Jesus. They don't want other people to believe in Jesus. So the people who are with Jesus, they will understand because they are with Jesus and his disciples. Jesus said that other people who are not in their company may see and hear, but they will not understand because their hearts, their hearts are not prepared for the seed that is sown. And then he said unto them, Know ye not this parable? And how then will ye know all parables? The sower soweth the word. So now Jesus is starting to explain the parable to them, the ones that are there to hear. Yeah? And there are they, and there are these, and these are they that by the wayside where the word is sown, but when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. So Satan comes because they're not ready to understand the word. They just receive the word and say, oh, this is good news. But then Satan comes and takes it away. When I think about sowing the seeds, I think about the village that my mother was from. And when you went to the village, there was paddy. You know paddy? Paddy is a place where you, you plant paddy and from the paddy you get rice. And so the pathways is where they brought the carts. You know, they bring the carts or they walk on the pathways. And so what happens is when you walk on the pathways and you bring the cart, what happens to the ground? Well, the cart goes on the ground, the wheels go on the ground, and you step on the ground, on the earth, what happens to the earth? It becomes hard, doesn't it? It becomes dense. And if you put something on the earth, is it going to sink in? No, it's not going to sink in because it's hard, isn't it? So because of traffic, because of the traffic, the foot traffic and whatever traffic that's there, the soil becomes dense and solid. And so if the seeds fell there, what would happen? It would not get planted. And even though when it rained, it's not going to go into the soil, is it? And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness. But they have no root in themselves. They have no root, meaning that they have no depth. They don't understand it in depth. They just know the word and they say, oh, this is good, but they don't understand it in depth because they don't spend the time to understand it. They don't spend the time. And then afterwards, affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake. Immediately they are offended. So instead of trusting in the promises and in the word, what happens is when they, have, when they are afflicted, when trouble comes, they stop believing. They say, oh, God is not true because if I believe, then... I shouldn't be facing hardship. It shouldn't be hard. If God is real, then why is it so hard? But they don't have depth. They haven't gone to the depth of the word. Because sometimes it's hard to see beyond the difficulty. It's hard to see beyond when we have some trouble in life, when things are hard. It's hard to give God the glory, isn't it? When things are hard. Have you ever been in a place like that when you believe in God and suddenly some things are really hard? Yeah, But scripture says in Romans 8, it says that for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. You see, when we believe in God, where are we going to go one day? Yes. So when our minds are focused on God in heaven, what happens? when our minds are focused on God. 
tell you a story about a comic that I saw. And it's about some twins. You know what twins are? When there's two babies in their mummy's tummy. And one of them said, I can't wait to see what life is going to be like after this. One of the babies said, I can't wait to see. I know that it's going to be great. One of the babies said to the other baby, it's going to be great. What life is going to be after this? It's nice and dark in mummy's tummy. It's warm and cozy and they can eat whenever they want. And then the other one said, what are you talking about? There's nothing better than being here. One of the babies said, the other baby said, and he said, it's warm and cozy here and we get our food when we want. We sleep and we wake up and kick when we want. Guess what happened after that? They were both born. Yeah, they both came out. And one of them was more surprised than the other one, wasn't it? Because it didn't know what was going to come after life in the mummy's, in the mummy's tummy. Eternal life, meaning our life with God, is real. And when we are focused on that truth, it sheds life, shed light on the truth of why we need to grow in our relationship with God. You know, when we trust in God, why we need to stay in the Word of God, why we need to obey Him and pray, we start to realize that it's very important. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the Word and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things entering in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. So, some people hear the word, they believe in the word, they trust in the word, but what happens is, in their life, they've got other things that they're focusing on. In their life, there's other things that distract them. And so, God's word and God is not first in their life anymore. They don't think about God as much as they think about other things in their life. They prioritize other things in their life. They prioritize other things. They see other things as more important than God. And so what happens is God becomes second place. Or third place. Or fourth place. Their faith becomes an afterthought. You know what an afterthought is? It means that they think about it later, after they think about everything else. And so what happens is, they become unfruitful because they lust for other things. They lust for money maybe or they lust for pleasure maybe and then their focus on God is gone and so they become ineffective for the kingdom of God. When we're distracted by other things in life, those things take us further away from bearing fruit for the glory of God. When you think about it, how many hours do we have in a day? We don't have that many hours, do we? The sun rises, we wake up, and then all of a sudden, it, start, it gets really hot, and then the sun starts to set. And then by the time you look outside in the evening, not long after lunch, you always ask, it's almost night time, isn't it? It's almost time for bed. There's not much time. And so, only half of our day, of one day, is available for us to do anything, isn't it? The rest of the time we sleep. Maybe just over half of the day that we have, we can do things with. And then, so when, when we think about it, when we wake up, we should pray to God. When we wake up, we should remember Scripture. We should, we should think about what is the Scripture of the day. 
For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's one verse. When we think about those verses, we start the day in the Word of God. And so, when we go through our day, our minds are seeking Him throughout the day, isn't it? In all things. Whenever we come in all things, we are seeking Him. Yeah? Isn't it? Like things like when you're angry, say you're angry with your sister, or you're angry with your brother, or you're angry with somebody. Scripture says, cease from anger and forsake Forsake wrath, yeah. And so what we do is we, 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 we stop being angry and then whatever we think that's going to bring wrath uh, from us, we run away from it or we go away from it. We leave it. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit, some 34, some 60 and some 100. So when it falls on good ground, when the seed falls on the ground, when somebody is ready to receive the word, when they, in the morning they wake up and they think about God and they pray to God and they remember the word of the Lord, when they are focused on God and every time when they are facing problems or trouble or trials, when things get difficult, they turn to God or they turn to His word or they pray, when every time they are ready to bring God into their life because they know that they need Him, then when the seed gets sown in their heart, that seed will bring forth fruit. It will bring forth fruit. Fruit can be anything. Fruit can be growth in oneself. Fruit can be other people coming to the faith, knowing God because of the testimony that, that you live out. When you live out your testimony, people see you and they say, wow, this person really believes in God. I want to believe in God like this person. Because when I face difficulty, when things become hard, I want to be like her or I want to be like him because they believe in God. Because they constantly look to him for direction. And he said again, and he said unto them, Is a candle brought to be put under a bushel or under a bed, and not to be on a candlestick? For there is nothing hid which shall not be manifested. Neither has anything kept secret, was anything kept secret, but that it should come abroad. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. And he said unto them, Take heed what ye hear, what ye hear. With what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you, and unto you that hear shall more be given. For he that hath, to him shall be given. And he that hath not, from him shall be taken away, even that which he hath. And he said, So is the kingdom of God, as if a man should cast seed into the ground, and should sleep and rise day and night, and the seed should spring up and grow up, he knoweth not how. So we don't know how. We don't know how the seed grows. We don't know how the seed springs up. All we need to do is be faithful. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he putteth in the sickle, because the harvest is come. So when we see the vegetables grow and it's ready, what do we do? Yeah, we take it off. That's right. And then we eat it, because the harvest is come. And then Jesus said, Whereunto shall we liken this kingdom, the kingdom of God? So, how do, we, how do we understand the kingdom of God? When we think about all believers in Jesus Christ, how do we, how do we understand it more? Or what can we compare the kingdom of God with? And he said that it's like a grain of mustard seed. You know what's a mustard seed? A mustard seed is one of the smallest seeds that you'll ever see. It's so small, you could put it on your pinky and, he, and, and it's really little on your pinky finger. 
Yeah. You couldn't even see it. But you know, the mustard seed, if you, have you seen a mustard tree? A mustard tree is huge. It's the, one of the biggest trees that you'll ever see. And when you see a mustard tree and you see a mustard seed, you think to yourself, how did this seed become a tree that is so great and huge and big like that? So, that is what Jesus is saying. He said that the kingdom of God, the body of believers, true believers, when, when we are obedient to God, when we are living our lives, our, the soil, which is our heart, is ready to receive the word of God, the body, this, this kingdom of God is going to grow like a mustard tree, a mustard seed. It'll grow into a tree and we don't even know how it, how it got there. How it got there because all we have to do is remain faithful to God. We have to obey. That's what he's saying. When it is sown, it groweth up and becometh greater than all herbs and shooteth out great branches so that the fowls of the air may lodge under the shadow of it. The birds hide under the tree too. The purpose of good soil is discipleship. And discipleship is needed for a child of God to be effective in producing food. In John 4, Jesus told his disciples, The harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. That's what he said. And usually you'll hear about the harvest. But Jesus also said that the workers are few, which is what I mostly think about. Someone once said to me, he said, what he said made a lot of sense to me. He said, quality begets quantity. When we are focused on glorifying the Lord in His Word and applying ourselves to His will in the Word, all we have to do then is wait on God for direction. When we trust in the Lord, when we spend our time being in His will, trusting in His Word, praying to Him, all we have to do is wait for Him to direct us. Isn't it? We don't have to worry about anything else. All we need to do is trust in the Lord. And with many such parables, Jesus spoke unto them as they were able to hear it. But without a parable spake he not unto them. And when they were alone, he expounded all things to his disciples. And the same day, when the even was come, he said unto them, Let us pass over to the other side. Jesus was there with his disciples, with all the disciples that were following him. And he gave them understanding. When they, didn't have, when they had questions, he told them. He gave them understanding in all that he said. And today, who do we have? We have Jesus. We have the Holy Spirit pointing us to Jesus. The Holy Ghost, as we call him. The Holy Ghost points us to Jesus. And when we pray, when we read the Word of God, when it's explained to us, the Holy Ghost gives us understanding in here and in here. The Holy Ghost was sent by the Father to give us understanding in all things when we continue to seek who? Jesus, yes. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there was also with him other little ships. So there was other little ships following Jesus and his disciples. And there arose a great storm of wind. Can you imagine that? You're in a boat and you're sailing the sea. And all of a sudden, there's a great wind, and there were waves hitting, beating the ship. And then the waves were hitting the ship, and now the ship is full. 
There's water coming into the ship. And Jesus was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. This is what scripture says. There was a big storm and there was winds coming and waves were blowing and all his disciples were, were getting really worried and scared. You remember what I was telling you about trials, difficulty, when things are becoming hard? But what was Jesus doing? Jesus was asleep in the back of the boat, in the back of the ship, on a pillow. That's what he was doing. And then you know what they said to Jesus? Why don't you care about us? They woke Jesus and said to him, Master, care us thou not that we perish. Do you not care that we are about to die because of this, because everything that's happening here? Look at what's happening here. And then Jesus arose and rebuked the wind. And then you know what he said to the sea? Peace be still. That's what he said. Peace be still. And then what happened? The wind stopped. Scripture says that the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Everything became calm. You know what calm is? Calm is the opposite. It means the opposite of tumultuous. Tumultuous is when the waves are blowing or the waves are hitting against the ship and the, ship, and the winds are blowing and, and everything is rocking and everyone is panicking. That is tumultuous. When it's calm, that means the sheep is still. Because what did Jesus say? Peace be Peace be still. And he said unto the disciples, you know what he said unto them? He said, why are ye so fearful? Why are you so scared? How is it that ye have no faith? Now do you understand? Jesus wants us to have faith in him. He wants us to trust in him. And they feared exceedingly. You know, they feared exceedingly and said, wow. And they said, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? They saw Jesus still as a man, but they start to realize that Jesus is more than what they see. Jesus has authority over the wind and the waves. Trials and difficulty, when we are experiencing difficulty, when things get hard, did you know that it's an opportunity for us? It's an opportunity for us to rely on the Lord and this is clear from this story. Because after Jesus told them about the parable, he explained everything to them, all of a sudden they go into this boat, and then all of a sudden there is trials. There is difficulty. It's evident in the storm where Jesus was sleeping. Jesus was calm. His disciples were not. Because Jesus is in control of all things, isn't he? Yes, Jesus is in control of all things. So as we close, I want to invite everyone to say Proverbs 3 with me. My son. Okay? My son. Forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck, write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, 
and He shall direct thy paths. That's right. We trust in the Lord with all our heart, and we lean not in our own understanding. And in all our ways, in everything that we do, if we acknowledge God, He will direct our path. Amen.